now okay. Oh, three thumbs up. Well, this is not going to be a long one, but then who knows. Um, I've put in the um, in the links below, and I'm going to put it in the chat here. The one that's in the chat is the live. is the live link. Uh, the one that I've put in the notes is the archive link. Hello Chad and Douglas. Loyal henchmen. Loyal digital henchmen. Um, so Vigano has issued another letter. As most of you know, I am not a huge fan of Vigano because he has kept quiet for some 50 years. Knowing full well that the current fake popes are fake popes, he's got a doctorate in canon law, uh, and that is the canon law of uh, 1917. So he's really got no excuse. Um, nevertheless, God acts in mysterious ways, and perhaps whatever. But the errors that we've made that brought us to where we are now are because of being too charitable and giving the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going to make the mistake. As far as I'm concerned, Vigano is a heretic. And even if he should ever repent, admit that he has been a heretic, admit that, you know, rats in general, the other ones, are no more popes than Bergoglio is, or some random Eskimo in the north, probably less, because that random Eskimo in the north might actually be Catholic. These guys are not. So until he does that, um, and then cloisters himself, you know, sequesters himself in a, in a monastery somewhere where he spends the rest of his life in abject penance, um, I don't give him a pass. Nevertheless, this letter um, contains a lot of very decent information. So said I'm no fan of his, but and just to quickly run down, um, this is not just about Catholicism or whatever. He covers a lot of information that most people don't know. Um, he quotes several people uh, right at the beginning of the letter. David Spangler, director of the United Nations Planetary Initiative Project, Reflections on the Christ, is 1978, says no one will be part of the New World Order unless he carries out an act of worship to Lucifer. No one will enter the New Age unless he receives Luciferian initiation. Um, which is somewhat ominous because on one hand you can say, oh, well, that means I have to choose to be a disciple of Lucifer. On the other hand, it also means they're not going to let you enter into the new age unless you receive the initiation, meaning <laughs> they might kill you off. Um, he starts off by, you know, saying what we all know, that, um, you know, the pandemic is, is, is fake, it was all orchestrated. He quotes people like uh, Bill Gates saying, you know, 10 years ago that uh, well, he wants to reduce the population using vaccines. But he's got some interesting information. Like, for example, he mentions that the Great Reset was, you know, started in February 17, 1950. Testifying before the United States Senate, the well-known banker James Warburg said, we will have a world government, whether you like it or not. The only question that arises is whether this world governance will be established by consensus or by force. Four years later, the Bilderberger Group was born, which has counted among its members characters such as Italian businessman Gianni Agnelli, 
Henry Kissinger, Mario Monti, and the current Italian Prime Minister, Mario Draghi, who is devil sperm incarnate. Um, he doesn't say that, that was just my little addition, in case you were wondering whether Vigano has become Kurganish enough or not. No, he hasn't. In 91, David Rockefeller wrote, The world is ready for a world government. The supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and the world bankers is certainly preferable to the national self-determination practice in past centuries. And he added, We are on the verge of a global transformation. All we need is the right global crisis and the nations will accept the new world order. And Vigano goes on to say that today we're clearly in that right um, global crisis. But um, he then goes on to talk about the deep state and the deep church. Um, and he, you know, he first mentions how pretty much every secular leader of every government is a traitor. And then he goes on to actually call out Bergoglio as the traitor you know, from the church side. He's the leader of it and a bunch of bishops and so on are also deep church. In other words, they're two sides of the same medal, as he calls it. Um, but this is the interesting point. This is where it gets interesting because he has done a quite a good job of identifying and calling out, you know, the the, uh, the deep state as such, the secular deep state. But he does a similarly quite decent job of calling out the church deep state. Um, he does, of course, uh, not mention the fact that um, you know uh, Razzi the Nazi was, of course, also no more pope than. Golio is and so on. Um, so he's still trying to play both sides himself while he's trying to still pretend that he's a Catholic and that you know some some good Catholics still exist in the church. Yeah, no. Unless you're a set of probationist or a set of vacantist, you are not a Catholic. You're a liar at best. A cowardly liar at best. Otherwise you're an infiltrating satanic Freemasonic scumbag. Um, anyway, he goes on to, you know, briefly mention how, you know, Roncalli was voted in not correctly, blah, blah, blah. But here is some interesting information. And this is, uh, I don't know, maybe a third of the way down. It's got a subtitle, Liaisons Dangerous, Dangerous Liaisons. Um, as Michael J. Matt has reported in a recent video at The Remnant, and they give you links for all this stuff, Today we're beginning to put together all the pieces of the mosaic and we discover, by the very admission of one of the protagonists, that Monsignor Helder Camara, Archbishop of Olinda and Recife in Brazil, had a meeting in those years with the young Klaus Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum and theorizer of the Great Reset. Once Schwab recognized Camara for his opposition to the traditional church and his revolutionary and pauperistic theories, he invited him to the Davis Forum considering his participation in this event as extremely important in view of the project of the new order. We know that Helder Camara was among the organization of the Pact of the Catacombs, which was signed off by about 40 ultra-progressive bishops on 16 November 1965, a few days before the closing of the Council. He's talking about the Second Vatican Council. Among the heretical theses of that document, there is also a collaboration in the establishment of another new social order. And there's a link based on justice and equality. And we're not surprised to learn that among the signatories there was also Monsignor Enrique Angelelli, the auxiliary bishop of Cordoba in Argentina, a point of reference for then Father George Mario Bergoglio. He was never a father, of course, he's not a Catholic. 
Bergoglio himself declared right from the beginning of his pontificate that he agreed with the demands of the Pact of the Catacombs. On 20 October 2019, during the Synod on the Amazon, where they're trying to say that, you know, women should be priests and deacons should be allowed and blah, 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 you know, secularizing the church. But let me continue. On 20 October 2019, during the Synod on the Amazon, the celebration of the pact between the conspirators was repeated in the catacombs of Santa Domitilia. And there's a link confirming that the plan begun at the council had found fulfillment precisely in Giorgio Mario Bergoglio. Far from distancing himself from the ultra-progressive who supported him and determined his election at the last conclave, Bergoglio never misses an opportunity to give proof of his perfect coherence with the plan of the New World Order, beginning with the collaboration of Vatican commissions and this dicastries with environmentalism of a Malthusian matrix, and the participation in the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, a global alliance with the Rothschilds, the Rockefeller Foundation and large banks. So on the one hand, we have David Rockefeller with the Trilateral Commission, and on the other we have Klaus Schwab, who is related by marriage with the Rothschilds, and there's a link, with the World Economic Forum, and both of them are arm-in-arm arm with the head of the Catholic Church, fake Catholic Church, to establish the new order by means of the Great Reset, as has been planned since the 1950s. So, um, then he goes on to talk about the World Depopulation Plan, he quotes Bill Gates, um, the quote from Bill Gates is, the world today has 6.8 billion people, that's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive services, he means abortion and contraception, we lower that by perhaps 10 or 15 percent. This is what Bill Gates said 11 years ago, in 2010. Um, he goes on to mention some uh, stuff about Soros, of the Open Foundation, who's hand in hand with Gates. You know, these are all stuff that Pretty much, I expect most of you here are aware of. But um, then he goes on to talk. I was surprised. I was quite surprised about the, about the deep state interference. And he says there have been manifold examples of interference by the deep state in the life of the church. We cannot forget the emails of John Podesta and Hillary Clinton, which showed the intention to oust Benedict XVI from the papacy and so to initiate a new springtime of the church. Remember the Muslim springtime, the Egyptian springtime, so now we've got a springtime of the fake Catholic Church, that would be progressive and globalist, which later came about with the resignation of Benedict and the election of the Argentine. Nor can we overlook the interference of entities and institutions that are anything but close to religion, such as the Benai Berith, in dictating the directions of the renewal of the Church after Vatican II, and most of all under this pontificate. Finally, we should remember, on the one hand, the disdainful refusals to grant audiences to conservatives, political, institutional personalities, and on the other hand, the passionate, smiling encounters with leaders of the left and of progressivism, along with the expression of enthusiastic satisfaction on the occasion of their election. So, um, he has done quite a good job of connecting all these threads, and then what he does is he says you know the luciferian matrix of the new world order there's another one of the subtitles at this point it is necessary to clarify what is meant by the new world order or rather what its creators mean regardless of what they say publicly and this is quite important because on the one hand it is true that there is a project that certain people conceived it and are charged with carrying it out but on the other hand it is also true that the inspiring principles of the project are not always disclosed or at least they cannot be openly admitted to be closely related to what is happening today, since such an admission would arouse opposition even from those who are the most peaceful and moderate. And this is the important point.
It is one thing to impose the green pass with the excuse of the pandemic, but it is quite another to recognize that the purpose of the passport is to accustom us to being tracked, and still another to say that this total control is the mark of the beast, of which the book of Apocalypse speaks in Revelation 13, 16-18. So, he actually does, you know, call out this this point um, and interestingly you know I'm, I was the only guy until this guy who's connected Giuseppe Mazzini Albert Pike and all these other guys in the, the Carbonari and so on in my book I go into quite a bit of detail on that and here it says the reader will forgive me if in order to demonstrate my argument I must resort to using quotations of such gravity and wickedness that they arouse bewilderment and horror but this is necessary if we are to understand what the real intention of the architects of this plot really are and the true nature of the epochal battle that they are waging against Christ and his church. In order to understand the esoteric roots of the thoughts that lie at the foundation of the United Nations, once longed for by 19th century Italian political activist Giuseppe Mazzini, who was a Freemason, we cannot fail to consider characters such as Albert Pike, Eliphas Levi, Helena Balatavsky, Alice Ann Bailey, or other disciples of Luciferian sects. Now, I'm quite familiar with Helena Blatowski, Alice and Bailey, and so on and so forth, because I looked into these people about 20, almost 30 years ago now. Their writings, published since the late 19th century, are quite revealing. Albert Pike, a friend of Mazzini and a fellow Freemason, gave an address in 1889 in France to the highest level of Freemasonry, which was then reprinted on 19th January 1935 by the English journal The Freemason. Pike declared, that which we must say to the crowd is we worship a god, but it is the god one adores without superstition. The Masonic religion ought to be maintained in the purity of Luciferian doctrine by all of us who are initiates of the highest degrees. If Lucifer were not god, would Adonai, the god of the Christians, whose deeds prove his cruelty, perfidy, and hatred of man, barbarism, and repulsion of science, would Adonai and his priests calumniate him? <laughs> so slightly Teutonic circular reasoning there. Yes, Lucifer is God, and unfortunately Adonai is also God, for the eternal law is that there is no light without shade, no beauty without ugliness, no white without black, for the absolute cannot can only exist as two gods, darkness being necessary to light to serve as its foil, as the pedestal is necessary to the statue, and the brake to the locomotive. The doctrine of Satanism is a heresy, and the true and pure philosophical religion is the belief in Lucifer, the equal of Adonai, but Lucifer, God of light and God of good, is struggling for humanity against Adonai, the God of darkness and evil. So a total inversion. These people are absolute Satanists. Um, and notice also that um, this profession of faith in the divinity of Satan is not only an admission of who the real great architect of Freemasonry is, that Freemasonry adores is, but also a blasphemous political project that passed through the ecumenism of Vatican II, whose first theorist was Freemasonry. The Christian, the Jew, the Muslim, the Buddhist, the follower of Confucius and Zoroaster can unite as brothers and join together in prayer to the only God who is above all the other gods. This is from Albert Pike, Morals and Dogma, Bastogi Foggia, 1984, volume 6, page 153. And the identity of the only God who is above all other gods has been well explained in the preceding quotation. So, you know, it is quite clear that um, it is, 
you know, that there is a spiritual sense behind this whole thing, which is, of course, satanic. He goes on to also link another uh, globalist uh, arch heretic, uh, Pierre Thelard de Chardin, who uh, some of you may have uh, mentioned before, you know, understood. I, Pierre Thelard de Chardin was an absolute heretic, um, but uh, he actually brought me closer to Christianity, weirdly enough. And I've got his books. Um, he refers here, you know, Vigano, he refers to the book The Future of Man, where Thelard writes, even if its form is not yet visible, tomorrow humanity will wake up in a pan-organized world. Um, a little bit complicated to explain what pan-organized is if you haven't read the book, but essentially, to a certain extent, he also predicted the, the internet and that sort of stuff and how all of this would become more um, globalized and that the individual would just have to submit sort of to the, the bigger picture. Um, you know, he talks about other other people, quotes them. Uh, Alice A. Bailey, for those of you who don't know, wrote... Uh, various books based on Helena Blatavsky's stuff, and they were declared Luciferians. Um, in order to correctly understand Blatavsky's character, uh, Madame Blatavsky invented, uh, what's it called? Theosophy, that's it, I think that's what she called it. Uh, but here he quotes her from her writings, Lucifer represents life, thought, progress, civilization, liberty, independence. Lucifer is the Logos, the serpent, the savior. And almost anticipating Pachamama, she goes on, the celestial virgin thus becomes at the same time the mother of gods and demons because she is the evolving beneficent divinity. But in antiquity and in reality, the name of this god is Lucifer. Lucifer is the divine and earthly light, both the Holy Spirit and Satan at the same moment. And last but not least, it is Satan who is the god of our planet and the only god. It was Alice A. Bailey who founded the Lucifer Publishing Company, which is now known as the Lucis Publishing Company, something I picked up right away as soon as I opened one of their books. And, and this is when I was a pretty much agnostic, zen agnostic with atheistic tendencies, closely related to the Lucis Trust, formerly the Lucifer Trust, recognized as an NGO by the United Nations. So, um, yes, thank you, Sarah, my theosophism. It is, you know, he goes on to quote Alice A. Bailey, the whole point of the LGBT pedo agenda. Um, and then it goes to our response to the crisis of authority. The corruption of authority is such that it is very difficult, at least in human terms, to hypothesize a peaceful way out. Once again, I'm quite um, surprised at the fact that he actually spells this out. In the course of history, totalitarian regimes have been overthrown by force. <clears throat> it is difficult to think that the health dictatorship that has been established in recent months can be fought differently, since all the powers of the state, all of the means of information, all of the international public and private institutions, all of the economic and financial potentates are complicit in this crime, indeed, not to mention the armed forces which he does mention further up, uh, further earlier on. Faced with this bleak scenario of corruption and conflict of interest, it is indispensable that all those who are not subservient to the globalist plan unite in a compact and cohesive front in order to defend their natural and religious rights, their own health and that of their loved ones, their freedom and their goods. Where authority fails in its duties and indeed betrays the purpose for which it has been established, disobedience is not only lawful but obligatory. 
non-violent disobedience, at least for now, but determined and courageous. Disobedience to the illegitimate and tyrannical dictates of ecclesiastical authority, wherever it shows itself to be an accomplice of the infernal plan of the new world order. So he's, you know, in, you know, he's not quite calling out for armed revolution. So, um, and he goes on to say another very important point. The words of our Lord must be engraved in our minds. Whoever is not with me is against me, and whoever does not gather with me scatters. Indeed, now you're starting to understand why already a while back I was saying you got to be said a privationist or get the fuck out. And he goes on to say that let us turn to Christ, Christ who is the King of hearts, of families, of society and of nations. Let us proclaim him as our King and Mary most holy as our Queen. Only in this way can the wicked project of the New World Order be defeated. Only in this way can the Holy Catholic Church be purified of traitors and renegades and may God listen to our prayer. Not a bad ending. Uh, as I said, I still think he is a coward and, and a, a weak man at best, but, um, you know, that's a pretty powerful letter and I've just, you know, skimmed through it. So I urge you to go and read it. I put the link right at the beginning of this of the chat, and I put the um, archive link in the in the description for later. Those of you that come in later. Um, let's just see any comments. Dances with logos. Hello, high priestess of the Kurgan cult. Uh, just got here. First words I hear were infiltrating Freemasonic scumbag. <laughs> there you go. Hello, Michael. And yeah, no, okay, I guess you were all busy listening attentively, I suppose, I hope. <laughs> um, so yeah, if you've got any questions, fire them away. You know, the, the one thing that I did write in, in the Reclaiming the Catholic Church about Vigano was like pretty much what I said now. Um, but I did also say, well, what if he did become, say, the new Pope or whatever, there was some kind of revolution and we put him in place and if, you know, that would probably be more palatable to a lot of uh, nominal fake Catholic that think they're Catholic, but they're not. But then, you know, he would have to Im pretty much immediately put another, an actual uh, Catholic bishop or, or uh, yeah, an, an actual Catholic bishop on the chair of Peter and quietly resign and cloister himself, you know, sequester himself in a... In a in some kind of monastery where he spends his life in, in penance and study, I suppose. So, Ave Kurgan. Hello, man, Hujo. And Rakir, our, our heathen, our heathen amongst us. Good Catholic boys. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, quite a powerful letter. I have to say I was somewhat uh, surprised by it in that I didn't expect him to spell quite so much out. More importantly, I didn't expect him to give so much information on the history of the infiltration and who was involved and, you know, so on, naming names and so on. So maybe there's some hope for uh, good old Vigano yet. Um, I don't know. I'd certainly like to have a conversation with him. And as you know, it, it wouldn't be very diplomatic on my part, especially from the beginning, but um, I'd give him a chance to respond. Either way, um, even if he doesn't repent, even if you're still a deceiver and what have you, um, it is quite a wake-up call. So, 
maybe there is a change of heart that's happening you know some of us take a long time to come to Christ so uh, maybe he's, he's on the right path finally Van Hugo says what needs to happen in order for the papacy to become valid again and how would the Satan know the Pope is valid uh, well as I've just said you need to have an actual um, Catholic bishop become the Pope. Um, you know, there are still set of privationists and set of Acantist bishops, several of them. Uh, bishop Sanborn, who's not my favorite guy, but and neither am I for him. But, but um, the reason being that he's uh, a bishop of power. He's a valid bishop. He is a set of privationist bishop. But, you know, he's a bishop of power, uh, which personally I don't begrudge him but I do begrudge the fact that he has gone against um, canon law only insofar as applies to uh, worldly things or you know ministrations of the, of the worldly aspects of the church so not any divine aspects um, but it's enough to uh, you know not present the best face so I'm not a huge fan of Bishop Sandburn but if he became Pope that would be okay with me, you know, he would be one of those popes that would be like, mm, yeah, I'm going to keep an eye on this guy. Uh, there are other bishops, um, there are set of Acantist bishops, uh, Bishop Selwyn, for example, I think would be a great choice, I personally think he's a, he's a good bishop. Um, and there are others, you know, there are several, um, I would personally probably pick a bishop from the Instituto Mater Boni Concili type of, of, of thing, but, you know, whatever, um, an actual bishop has to, you know, become pope, and then, um, obviously, all the cardinals, all the other bishops, all the other priests would have to be also Catholics, also uh, valid, you know, Catholic uh, clergy, which, of course, there isn't a single one of those in the Vatican at the moment, um, pretty sure. So that's basically it. And now the only way that that's going to happen that I can see is if we have an actual revolution, a mass revolution by the 99% or, you know, 60% or 70% or 30% or whatever's left that haven't injected themselves with the death virus, or even the ones that have that, you know, have woken up late and realized, oh shit, I've just committed suicide because of these bastards. And if those guys, you know, if we all get together, like, like I said, you know, 10,000 men could march in Rome tomorrow and they'd take it. They would take it. They would take Rome. They would take the Vatican. They would take the presidency. 10,000 determined men who are willing to die for the cause would absolutely take over the whole running of the whole country of, of Italy in a week. But you need 10,000 men to still have a set of testicles attached. So. Uh, we have a question there. Do you think that the church will elect the Pope within our lifetimes? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, part of it depends on whether we're there in the end times or not, which, again, no one knows, not even Jesus. So I think it's pointless to speculate. I think you need to act as if, and you need to be, you know, take steps towards what you want to see happen. You know, if you're just sitting on your ass saying, oh, well, I'll just go along with a green pass just as once by getting my injection, you know, that's not the way to go. But um, I, I have no idea. I would certainly love for that to happen. I don't see how that 
would happen without massive revolution that would almost without any shadow of doubt include quite a bit of bloodshed. Um, because if you did have such a mass revolution, it would be difficult for, for it not to in, involve violence on both sides, from both sides. Um, certainly there would be a violent response from the, you know, the, the deep state. Those guys are not going to just sort of say, oh, well, we've been voted out. All right, then, you know, hang us for crimes against children, what have you. They're not going to do that. They're going to use every trick in the book. They're going to use every paid agent. They're going to use every cop that hasn't taken the vaccine because they've got a dispensation as long as they do what they're told. And those guys will use force, brute force. Um, and if there's enough people going against that, they will have to be brute forced back. So, you know, all it takes is a tiny spark to start a war. And <laughs> I think, you know, unless we all quietly go out with a whimper, um, you know, either you go out with a bang or, or you win. You know, that's kind of where we're at, I think. So, um, I'd, it'd be great if a new pope got elected. And, you know, if the sooner it happens, uh, the less bloodshed there would be. Because, like I said, if what if 100,000 men marched on Rome tomorrow and, like, just physically turfed them out said, you're going to have to kill us to stop us. And if you start shooting, we're just going to rush you. There's 100,000 of us. You know, what are you going to do? Mow down every single guy, in, you know, in the public in St. Peter's Square with, like, the military? That's not going to look good. That's going to get everybody else thinking, you know what? I'm going to pick up a rock, like the Palestinians in Israel, if I have to. So, you know, that's all it would take. And if it happened that way, maybe there would be no bloodshed because they would just pull them out of the Vatican, shove them in jail where they belong. They're going to get tried, change the laws, pull out the presidents and all those guys from parliament, shove them in the same cells, change the laws, you know, put back in the proper inquisition and uh, burning at the stake as necessary developments of a civilized society get rid of them all you know it might have an impact on the carbon footprint but you know we kind of know that global warming is bullshit anyway so um so dion klingwall says do you think perhaps vegano simply responding more powerfully to the growing panic, insane actions of the Davos crowd globalists. If nothing else, he's putting important information out there. Yeah, he is putting important information out there. Um, that's what I said. Um, you know, what his personal heart is, I don't know, I'm not God, I can't say. But what I'm saying is by, by canon law, he should have authority over no one, even if he fully repents, which he has not yet done. And if he fully repents, he must fully reject all the arch heretics which are pretending to be clergy of the Catholic Church. Michael Pekersar, or are the Sedes too disunited right now for it to happen? Uh, the Sedes are not disunited at all. Uh, I don't know of any disunity among Sedevacantists. There are fake Sedevacantists, there are fake traditionalists, you know, SSPX, the Unacum Mass Sedevacantists, you know, those guys are not Catholics. Um, but among Sedevacantists, there isn't any disunity I'm aware of. What there is, is a lack of numbers. You know, we, if 10%, you know, um, fake Catholics or would-be Catholics or cradle, inverted comma, Catholics, you know, churches, they're, uh, they're almost like 2 billion, I think. 
if 10% of those guys wake up and all decide, you know what, we've had enough. I'm going to take a plane, a train, whatever. I'm going to go to the Vatican. I'm going to march on them. You know, you're talking about millions of people. You're talking about 10% of the sleeping churches that call themselves Catholics. Those guys wake up. They're a population that is, you know, more than three times the entire population of, of Italy, like man, woman, and child. So that's all that has to happen, numbers. And the numbers are not necessarily the numbers of clergy or bishops or something. It's you, you, you guys, laymen like me. How do you think that, like, you know, bad popes, anti-popes were thrown out of their thrones? Usually by an emperor with a sword. You know, that happened quite a few times. So, Carlos says that his testicles remain attached. Then <laughs> Hugo goes, when do we march? I'm ready to put a little Nero on Vatican Hill. <laughs> well, you got to get yourself to Italy first, I guess, huh? And you've got to create those communities, wherever you are, you know, you've got to create communities of proper Catholics, proper sedes. You know, there's no point in you saying, well, we're my Baptist friends. No, 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 no. You've got to be a sede or nothing. You know, that is how it works. Why? Because that's historically what's happened throughout history. That's what's always happened before. Michael Pecker says, historically, small groups of Catholics tend to win against heathens and heretics. Indeed, like outnumbered like 100 to 1. You know, there's plenty of evidence of that. Sorry, I meant that, for example, this says PV, don't think the bishops are valid, this kind of disunity. Uh, well, anyone who doesn't think that the bishops are valid is a moron, because it has been proved time and time again. And the SSPV, if I'm not mistaken, are not actual... Um, Set of acantists have got like some dodgy shit going on there. I can't remember what it is. But you know, Bishop Thuck has been proved as valid bishop by all the canons of canon law. And there's a brilliant uh, discussion on this by Father Chicada, who it's on YouTube somewhere. Now, unfortunately, Father Chicada passed away uh, a while back, a few months ago. But uh, you know, his work remains online. So You know, you've got, just like there are specific rules and, and regulations to determine whether somebody is a public notorious heretic, in this case, Code 188 Part 4, there are rules and regulations to say whether you can state that uh, a, a um, you know, the, the anointing of a bishop or, or the, um, you know, the ceremony to create or a new priest or a new bishop is valid or invalid. There have to be certain things present or not present for you to say that was an invalid um, ritual. That, that you know that bishop is invalid because he didn't follow the proper form. There is a proper form, and you have to demonstrate that that was not followed. And at every point where they've tried to do that, they've failed absolutely failed because there is enough sufficient evidence to demonstrate Bishop Thuck was absolutely a valid bishop and that he validly ordained other bishops. And again, th there is enough proof that you cannot say, oh, this guy was not a valid bishop. There are ample proofs of other fake bishops, fake set of accountants 
that do not have do not have the the, the same level of, of validity, and they are in fact fake bishops. You know, they, they, um, the apostolic lines of the remaining bishops are quite convoluted. I'll give you that. It's um, there's a chart somewhere that I've got which <laughs> tracks all of them. And it is quite, uh, you know, I'm not saying it's easy for the average person to follow necessarily, but if you're interested enough and you dig up this stuff, it's there. The information is there, you know, so. Um, LS16 says, Vigano looks to me like the rodeo clown he used to get out in front and keep the angry conservatives, Norcos, comfortable. Yeah. That's what Burke have done. That's what all these other guys have done, except that they've, you know, they've demonstrated themselves to be completely the usual, you know, Ben Shapiro's of this situation. I'm on the right. I'm on the right wing, with my Judeo-Christian values and 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 my anti-Trump stuff. You know, it's it's just the same old, same old. Freemasons play both sides of the coin. Understand that. And usually they also play the edge of the coin. And that's why you shouldn't rely on coins. You should rely on sharp instruments of death. <laughs> Two-handed Kurgan swords to decapitate the heretics. You know. Um, man, Hugo has just closed on some rural property here in the U.S. Actually, just a couple of hours ago. I have five Catholic families who want to build a community. Still working on it. Citizenship slow process. Yep, everything is slow here, but you just got to keep pushing, right? You just got to keep going. And when you say five Catholic families, I hope you mean five Sede families. And if you are doing that, and you can get all those guys across here, dude, that that's a huge, that's a huge step. That's a big step forward. You know, we are also meeting with a lot of resistance to creating our little Catholic communities because the travel is difficult, you know, people have to purchase land and whatever, and everything is slow, everything takes time. But uh, all I can suggest to you is I've done videos on proper prayer. So pray properly. That's without fear, without desire. You have to learn to pray properly. And then pray because um, the results of prayer, and I can say this now that I've had See, I started experimenting with prayer pretty shortly and, you know, almost immediately after I, I had my road to Damascus moment, which was on um, the 3rd of March of 2013. Um, so I started experimenting with that quite a bit. And then, of course, I was only baptized in May of 2017 because I'm a thorough guy and I, I get pretty obsessive about stuff in terms of educating myself on it. So I spent a good four years devouring um, information on you know, Christianity, Catholic Church, the, all of it. And, you know, I know most people think, oh, you know, and I've been accused of this by plenty of idiots who I have beaten down on theology in, in a manner that just made them look like complete morons. Because they say, oh, well, he's only, he's only been baptized for like you know, four years and he only studied for like four years. Uh, look, me? Studying something for four years obsessively basically means I can kick the ass of anybody that has two PhDs in it, just about, easily. And I don't care if that sounds arrogant. 
I have had that experience multiple times in my life on varied subjects. So there's that. And the thing is, even then, I didn't say to my, you know, I didn't say to myself or others, look, prayers absolutely work. This, it, it is a valid thing. It does work. It is repeatable. It is scientifically something that works. Um, it's only relatively recently that I have um, that I'm saying that. And so we're talking about essentially eight years, eight years of experimentation, testing it, and finding out what works and what doesn't work, what is good and what doesn't you know so um, you know it's it's pretty clear that it works for me now scientifically empirically so I'm not you know it's not thoughts and prayers you know it's none of that shit there's it's a there's a scientific methodology to prayer and I have done a video on it I don't remember off the top of my head what number it is but um, you know if you just go through my videos they all have a number and they all have a title it's gonna have a title that says something about prayer so, Hacken Feldman says 2017 late question mark. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you're asking a question because you just stepped in or if you're trying to make a point. I, I don't know. Man Hujo says working on the set apart. We all met at an SSPX church and agree Francis is no Pope. All the families want to go to Italy. Fortunately, most of them have the blood right. Matey? You're welcome. Um, just keep in mind, though, what I've said. In order to be a, a, mem a functioning member of the Kurganet, you must be a set of accountist or set of probationist, whichever name you prefer. I prefer set of probationist because it is more technically accurate. Um, and it also, you know, it's sort of a hat tip to the excess of charity that, um, you know, people like uh, Bishop uh, Gerard de la Riere's did with his uh, Cassie Champion theory of, uh, you know, uh, material Pope, but not spiritual Pope. It was an astonishing work of, of excess charity, I personally think. So when I say to the probationist, it doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with that theory. It means that I am a set probationist because the set is not empty. See, the chair is not empty. It is filled by an imposter who's preventing the chair from being properly filled. So it's a technical term from my perspective. But whether you call it set of accountants or set of probationist, you have to be one of them. You cannot be SSPX. You cannot be an unacum mass, somebody who joins one of the heretic, arch, non-Catholic, fake popes with the holy mass. No, don't accept that. And if you're on your journey and you haven't quite got there, I get it. But stay the fuck out of my curtain. Simple enough, yeah. Blunt, rude, call it what you want. I don't care. I don't want any sewage in my ice cream. Not a single drop. Not even a droplet carried by air. None. You gotta be a sede to be part of the physical curvenage. And even then, you know, you gotta make sure that you're not just paying lip service to it. So, um, that doesn't mean that you have to be a perfect Catholic. That doesn't mean that you have to be a perfect human being because no one is. No one is. But don't give me any of that. Oh, well, you, you know, I mean, I mean, Ratzinger wasn't so bad. And it, no, 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 no. All right. I 
I think I've made my point. Man, Hujo is laughing, says, got it. Good. I'm glad you do. And, uh, you know, if you are serious and people are trying to, to want to purchase property, whatever, you know, ping me an email. Let's, let's get talking on it because the stuff takes time. But it sounds like you're sort of at the beginning of it, yet you've already bought a property there. You know, it's not a bad idea to organize where you are because it is where you are. You know, we still have some time. I do believe we have some years of time left, but maybe there's a way that, you know, not maybe, there's definitely a way where Catholics can always help each other to create things faster, bigger, better, and so on. That That is an absolute, uh, that's one of the reasons. But, um, you know, there is a way to, you, you've got to be, remember, as innocent as doves and as wise as serpents. So, my aim is to be surrounded by people that can think for themselves, that can be their, you know, leaders in their own right, if required. And, but again, keep in mind that the, the Kurganet is not a democracy by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> not at all. Um, you know, call it an empire of old call it uh, <laughs> call it whatever you want but there is one ruler and one leader and until I'm dead <laughs> that'll be me <laughs> and um, everybody has to fall in line with that again I don't care if it sounds horrible or whatever you know I'm not one of these guys that's gonna request you to tithe or to drink Kool-Aid or do any of that shit but whether you become part of something that I'm trying to create or not will be up to me and whether, you know, where you fit into that, and I'll determine wh what I think is best in terms of where your talents lie. And generally speaking, I haven't had any problems with any of that uh, to date, because I explain why, okay, you're more suited for doing this, you're more suited for doing that. We all need to do shit that we're not good at, that we don't like doing, but, you know, if we can, try and you know, work to your strengths, sort of thing. So... That's kind of how it works. And of course, I want each one of these people to be completely independent as best they can. I want you to have your own land. I want you to have your own property. If that's not possible and some people want to put money together and buy a property altogether, and then fine, but then apportion it. You know, if you're going to buy a chunk of land, you can always split it down and say, okay, but this guy gets this bit, this guy gets to farm that bit. Make some rules, make some contracts. There's no reason for honest men to not put stuff in writing. If you're not trying to screw me, and I'm not trying to screw you, why should we not have a two-page contract that outlines very clearly, neatly, and simply what it is that we're doing? You know, it's not hard. Contracts in Italy, like, for multi-million dollar stuff, are like four or five pages. Because Roman law. You know, it's, it's really quite simple to, like, deal honestly with people. It's not that complicated. So, man, you just says, Kurgan TV has been a huge aid in helping me move my SSPX friends over. A lot of us here in the U.S. raised by the boomers are very misinformed. Yes, you are. Um, just so you know, I've released two more videos today. One on the Sede, which is the heresies of Vatican II. So you can have a look at that. And I'm focusing on just one point. I know people don't read, but, uh, you know, I do cover the stuff in a lot more detail in my book, Reclaiming the Catholic Church. But the, um, the video I, I put up today, which is uh, the sixth video on the set of probationist theory, 
details, some of the stuff in Vatican II, and you know, I hope I've made it somewhat entertaining. There's a quite a bit of reading, somewhat similar to today, but there's a little few clips and you know images and so on that hopefully will uh, make it not too dry. Um, so yeah, you know, show your friends, and of course, I would really appreciate uh, those people possibly signing up because you, again, you've got to fund what you want to what you want to keep going, right? If I get enough subscriptions, not only can I do better videos, not only can I dedicate a bit more time to it, but then it frees up a lot of my other time that I'm currently having to struggle, run around to do all these other things because I can then get better equipment, not just for the videos, but also you know, for my farm. Um, and if I can do that, I can save time, I can use the, 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 the material benefits of that to help the other uh, Catholics that are, you know, like I said, it, we are a, a small community, but we're growing. There's people like actively looking at which properties to purchase. There are people from all over the world that are interested in this. So, you know, you wouldn't be alone. And because we're Catholics, you know, if, if one guy has got a huge bunch of land and the other guy doesn't have any land, but he's got a tractor, well, what do you think is going to happen? We're going to help each other out, right? We're going to find some equitable way to like just make sure we all come together. That's that's the whole point, and that's how we've been living. And I'm telling you, it's it's astonishing. People from completely different walks of lives, completely different ways of thinking. I mean, we've got from like essentially, you know, really rigid, semi-autistic IT people to slightly. Illiterate, <laughs> to, it's um, to very erudite, literate people that uh, you know don't have a, an aggressive bone in their body. To like vicious bastards like myself, and and yet, without any hesitation, we all come together to like pull up the same thing. It's I've never experienced anything like it, um, and that's you know I've always been misanthropic person because I. I don't like team teams. I don't like teamwork. I don't like sports teams because you know, oh, you know, you got to rely on these people who are unreliable. And then if you make a mistake, you feel bad because you've let everybody down. You know, there's none of that. We all make mistakes. We, but no one ever feels let down, and you don't feel like you've let anybody down. You fuck up, and you're like, oh, I've done a bad thing. Oh gosh, shit. Sorry. Okay, let's move on. And that's it. That's all that happens. And then. And the thing, it's not just like, oh, shit, sorry, and then it happens again and again and again and again. We don't, don't accept that. It is a genuine Catholic repentance. It's like, oh, fuck, that's bad. I've done that wrong. And then you improve and you really control yourself from making that same mistake again. doesn't mean that you don't fail. You know, sometimes you fail again anyway. But that's not the intent. That's not the way we're living and so on. And it applies to everybody, including me. You know, I'm not excusing myself from that. So it is. It is a, a unique way to live. It is. Um, again, I, I wish I could just, you know, transfer this information into your head from my head, so that you could know what it's like to experience it, because it is a, an extremely worthwhile way of living. Um, but yeah, thanks, man, Hugo. Uh, yeah, convince your friend to sign up themselves if possible, because we need to hit. A certain number of, of subscriptions just to make it viable. I think we're not going to have a problem getting there. You know, we're 
essentially quite we're almost at the 50% mark and that's just basically me talking about it on here now and then uh, twice I think uh, doing a couple of blog posts on my blog which is read by like people that hate me because I'm outing Milo as a Freemason a couple of Russian hackers and uh, probably uh, maybe one of the five six ten set of guys that, that, that I know um, and me posting on Social Galactic about two or three times about it so you know I've, I've done crappy marketing as usual but there are some people that are going to help me that do marketing for some very well-known brands very well-known names and they've just offered just because um, let's just say I've kind of always been loyal to 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 them even when they were being slandered in the press and, uh, and by other people and um, I actually know you know this these individuals quite well um, I've had occasion to you know get to know them at a quite a, an intimate level and, and I don't mean you know physically intimate I mean at a, at a spiritually quite intimate level and um, I know, I believe I know what kind of people they are. So when they got slandered and whatever, I was like, yeah, fuck all these guys. And, and even people that were close to them, friends and so on, like sort of ostracized them. And I was like, no, nah, you're good. And um, I had no ulterior motives. I didn't even know they were involved in this time. But they, they do marketing for pretty big names that you would recognize if I said them. I'm not going to because I'm such an infamous guy that I might just you know wreck their shit or something. And I don't want to do that. But... Um, when that kicks off, which will take a little while, because there's some stuff that I need to do on my side to give to them, and I'm just swamped, as usual. Um, so it's going to take me a little while. But when that kicks off, I expect the numbers of subscriptions to like shoot through the roof. And you know, once those first hundred are gone, they're gone. Um, it's an automatic thing that's been set up by the guys who've set it up for me. So you know, I, I have asked, look, is there a way that if we get a lot of subscriptions that, that we can keep the price the same for everybody or but at the moment that's not that's not how it's set up. So if you're gonna sign up, don't hesitate because whenever I get those things across to them, they're gonna move pretty quick. And uh, they've got, you know, access to like uh, many thousands of, of people that a lot of them will just do whatever you know, they're like, oh, if it's coming from this person, it's it's good. Um, rightly so, because they are they are good in what they promote and what they what they say. But um, so I don't know. Anyway, that's my pitch. Uh, okay. Well, I've for a short one. I've nearly got an hour, so I'll give you guys another couple of minutes. If you've got any questions, to shoot at me. Fire them now, and I'll answer them. Otherwise, I'll. Uh, Finish that last bit of chocolate and go to bed. Okay, 1818. I like the symmetry. 18 people, 18 thumbs up. Uh, no, that's it. No more questions. Ran Hugo, by the way, don't let my uh, abruptness uh, put you off. You're, you're doing great work. If you're getting five families, to be interested and they're all SSPX. SSPX is, you know, the, the kind of misinformed, but it's closely aligned. You know, it's not too far from Sedevacantists. Most Sedevacantists, a lot of them came from SSPX. So, what are property prices like in rural Italy? 
well, I'm sort of in the north, so uh, just sending love. <laughs> that dances with logos. Where are the pictures? <laughs> no homo. Well, you're not a man, are you? <laughs> You've been fooling me all this time. <laughs> but um, yeah, not to answer Michael's um, thing. Look, for about $150,000, you could get. Uh, I need to talk in euros because the dollar seems to be crashing now, so I don't know. I think. Let, let's call it let's call it a hundred thousand euro which is about maybe a hundred and thirty thousand dollars something like that for hundred thousand euro you could get a probably a decent apartment in the you know sort of northern Italy where I am which is a bit rural you can get a decent apartment maybe even with a little piece of land or you could get um, a decent sized chunk of land maybe a couple of hectares um, maybe a bit more even maybe three, four hectares uh, with a house on it that is, however, dilapidated, that needs a lot of work. You might have to redo the roof. So you might have to spend another, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 grand to do it up properly. But once again, if you're part of our little community and you buy a property like that, there's a guy who's looking at doing that right now. Um, and, you know, this guy is, is, is awesome. He doesn't have any children. But he's thinking of trying to buy, a, you know, a house that's in disrepair, with some land, that's big enough to then house some other people that we know that can't afford to buy a property at least not at this point in time, but would very much like to be part of the community. So, you know, there's, uh, and again, because these people are not Italian, they would have to have some kind of job here. They would have to learn the language, which all takes time, unless, again. We have enough subscribers the cash that comes from that would go to finance you know the the, the production the, even if it's you know just a little crew of people to like do up the houses of the people that buy here that becomes a little business which gives them an ability to work which gives them an ability to integrate in society as far as you know the world goes and meet all the obligations that you have to meet for taxes work uh, visas and so on and all that so that that's the intent, you know, the intent is not for me to like, you know, buy Lamborghinis or whatever, I never give a shit about that. Um, it might be to buy attractive for the community, that sort of stuff. And that's why the digital Kurganet is coming out a little bit ahead, well, not a little bit ahead, I mean, the, the physical Kurganet happened first, obviously we're here, but in order for the physical Kurganet to continue expanding, it would be easier if we have more people physically here as well, we either with their own resources or that at least are helping fund a channel of resources that we then use to you know, build a community up. That's the intent. So, um, Backstabber says, any advice convincing somebody else whose Novus Ordo reads certificantist materials? Uh, believe. My little book, Believe. So if you go on Amazon, you type in my name, Giuseppe Filotto, and I don't have a copy on my desk here. I think I've given them all out. But Believe is like a 98-page book. And I've had more people convert to Catholicism because of that little book than anything else that I'm aware of. I think I've converted more people than some priests have. Um, and when I say I, I mean God, grace, and their own choices, but spurred on by uh, the little book Believe. For those who do read, then... Reclaiming the Catholic Church is obviously a much better, more detailed work, 
but that's 530 pages. Believe is 98 pages in pretty large type, so you can read Believe in like a couple of hours tops. And it covers a lot of stuff. Um, and if they're just interested in the Novus Ordo bit, you know, they can read that in probably 15 minutes because there's just a section for the, the Catholic churches. So um, that's my shortest answer. You know, just, just put Believe in front of them and go, hey, look at this. What, what do you think of this? Also, you, you know, the old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Rhetoric works better than dialectic for most people because most people are just led around by the nose, by their emotions and their feelings. Um, you could say things like, well, why isn't Bergoglio even the frog that the Mexican priest with AIDS that raped over 30 little girls between the ages of 5 and 10? Why is he even being the frog? Um, no punishment whatsoever from the church. Interesting, isn't it? Why did he put that guy, uh, McCormick, or whatever, in charge of a whole bunch of things, and he was clearly a, a, a rapist slash homosexual pedophile? You know, like, well, what's what's up with that? You know, what's going on with that? But you know, if if people don't want to see, they're not going to see. If they, it's it's like the people who take the shot. You know, it's like people that have talked about the stuff for years, and then they're like, hey, well, I, I just got it because you know I need to go skiing. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had much faith in humanity, and uh, I can't say that it's improved over the years. So, man, you just says I speak some basic Italian, and each time I've been in northern Italy, I can't speak two lines of the Italian before the locals start speaking to me in English. Only through in the cities. No, not at all. I um, most people speak some English here. Um, I'm in a tiny little village, and um, you know, the, the 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 other guys that are not Italians here, they get by, they get by speaking in English pretty much. Um, you know, they're learning Italian, so they're getting a bit better and whatever. But certainly, the the, the first sede, uh, my most loyal henchman, you know, he came here without speaking a word of Italian, and he still survived. He still ate. He still you know managed to do whatever he needed to do, and a bunch of stuff for me as well. So. You know, pretty awesome. Yeah, you're not far wrong, but um, you know, it might be different if you're going to go and live in Sicily, but you might not want to go that far south. And the Kurganit is here in the north, so. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, but, you know, it is useful to be able to speak the language, definitely. Planning on looking at property there in the fall of 2022. Okay. Let me know, because buying property in Italy is a convoluted process. There is a three-step process. You first have to make an offer, which can be accepted or rejected, but then it could still be pulled away. So you have to like have some ways to protect yourself in terms of, um, uh, you know, that if they pull out, that they, you get a double what they, you know, the initial deposit, that sort of thing. And there's the second step, which involves a notary public, which are thieving vulture scum of the same class as lawyers. And then there's the final act where you physically have to sign it yourself in person. And if you can't do that, you have to have um, a delegation, which is also have to be all notarized and everything, uh, which is a pain in the butt to do. And then you're still probably going to get screwed because they won't, 
you know you don't know the laws and they're saying oh well and after you've signed this you're responsible for everything and whatever so and then you only have a certain amount of time if there's anything that wasn't as said you know to, to make a claim although if there are absolute lies on it then the, the, that goes on for however long but yeah and everything takes three times as long as what you think it'll take when you add for the 50% extra time that you think it'll take then multiply by three and you're starting to get into ballpark more or less <laughs> but despite all of that and sometimes because of that it's not a bad place to be also taxes here are astronomical so you know if you're coming from overseas and you have some income from overseas you might want to you know find a way to um, because once you become resident, once you officially become resident, then you're going to have to start paying taxes here. So before you become officially resident, you know, do what you need to do first. Um, that's my advice. All right. I think I've answered the few questions that were there. Ooh, pardon me. And um, I am going to say good night. Thank you all for being here. Man, he just says, I will hire an attorney to deal with most of the bureaucratic crap. And I need to find a way to sneak money into the country. But you don't need to sneak it into the country. You can just bring it in. But um, hiring a lawyer, well, I suppose I'm dealing with some. I could probably forward you some names or whatever, but I don't know if they're the right kind of lawyers. And then you ask them for a price first because they invariably try and, you know, they're lawyers. Um there yeah i think you can open you can quite easily open you know get yourself a fiscal code you have to get a fiscal code which you can do online it's not it's not difficult it takes a random amount of time from like a week to like six weeks but you can do get a fiscal code online once you've got a fiscal code then you can do things like open a bank account uh, particularly quite useful bank that you can get an italian um, iban number with although it's a german-based bank it's called N26, that's the letter N and the number 26, and you can open an account online, but you have to have a fiscal code and so on. So, Backstabber says, sleep well, may God be with you, gentlemen. Thank you, Backstabber. I appreciate that. I need a bit of good sleep. I'll shoot you an email this week. Would love a connection there to hire an advocate. Yeah, I've, I can look into it. Um, you know, give me some details and whatever, and we'll, we'll see. I can... I've got to see some lawyers actually uh, later this week. They might not be the kind of lawyers that you need, but they'll know, you know, they'll be their acquaintances. And you know, as far as lawyers go, who knows? Uh, so far, the people that I'm dealing with for various different things have been pretty good, but it's early days. There's a bunch of stuff happening. And I don't know, you know. They're all, they're all good salesmen, but, you know, we'll see. Um, let me know what you want to do, what kind of thing you're trying to do, and, and, uh, and that. You know, obviously, whatever you write me, I'm going to keep to myself, but um, I need to at least a little bit of a detail to, and some context to pass on to the lawyers if, if they're going to get in touch with me. Michael Pecker says, it'll take a few years before I can think about moving country. I need to finish my degree. How old are you, Michael? You don't mind my asking and what is your degree in because uh, 
Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know what you're studying, but I think in Italy they're trying to basically say that if you want to go to university, you have to have the vaccine or you know take a test every two days or whatever, some ridiculous shit. But um, yeah, I don't know. Nineteen engineering. Okay. I can't tell you what to do with your life, man, but you know, you, you earn you need to be able to earn a living, obviously, and you need to have some money, obviously. But um, I don't know how long your degree is. I think engineering degrees are usually at least three or four years and I don't know how far into it you are. If you're eighteen, let's see you finish high school. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You might you're a first year engineering student, I guess. So you probably got a couple of years to go, and then you might have some debt. I don't know. Uh, might be easier to just learn a trade. You know, if you're a good plumber, you're never gonna starve. <laughs> Similarly, you know, if you're a good electrician, probably not gonna starve. Three years left, it's a long time. My, uh, I don't know, you know, I could be completely wrong because who knows what happens from one day to the next, but I think that the intent is to have a gradual grind everybody down and um, it's gonna get pretty intense over the next few years, but I think you've got maybe like before it comes to like, you know, armed men kicking your door down to inject you with stuff, you probably have at least five years, I would say, maybe 10. Um, I wouldn't push it much past that. So, by my estimation, again, you know, 2030, something like that, or 2033, the box date, or the Peter Le Measurer date, as I like to think of it, because I, I was aware of the 2033 date long before Vox, or before I knew Vox. So, you got three years of that, you got to try and have some money. I got Euro citizenship, I can escape back home. Well, if you got Euro citizenship, that helps a lot. That is very helpful. And maybe what you should look into doing is transferring, transferring your degree uh, to you know closer to here if you want to be part of this. Um, you know, again, I've, look, I've got a lot of shit on my plate, so I don't want to become you know the the funnel for like <laughs> the <laughs> Catholic refugees to Italy or whatever. I just don't have the time to, to do a decent job of helping you guys, but um, you, you know, do keep in touch. You know, you, my email is not hard to find. If, if, um, if that's your plan, let's talk a little bit and, uh, and at least also talk to each other because you can also help each other out. You know, that's the idea. So maybe I've got a digital curve in it. I don't see why we shouldn't have a digital, you know, we are a little bit of a digital Kurganet right here, right now, but maybe make that be a bit more formal and official and you guys get each other's contacts and so on so that um, I can pass you, you know, for example, Man Yujo and Michael Pecker, you guys might want to, you know, talk together or figure out things together. Um, maybe because Michael got citizenship, you guys could help him get here first and set up camp for you to a certain extent. That's what I did. That's what my, I call him Sede, scout. Sede scout, that's what I call him. 
he's, he's my dude that, uh, you know, he came here before me to like set things up when I, I bought a property and everything. And he sorted stuff out for me when I couldn't. So we got Wooly Ram, you know, we gotta, we gotta get him out of, mind you, Wooly Ram might just become the king of Jerusalem soon. I think he's gonna be the only one left. He says, late catching up. If you're still taking questions, what odds do you give for Vigano being a Milo like gatekeeper, one last deceiver, one broad path away from the narrow? I don't know. Um, that is the same question that a uh, Don Ricosa of the Instituto Materboni Concilio said when the first letters came out. Same thing that I said. This last letter hits pretty hard, gives information that a lot of people didn't know. Um, in quite a concise format. Um, the video, you know, you've got video on it. The video is about an hour long. The letter is quite long to read, but it's a transcript of the video. I prefer the letter, I prefer the reading. Um, the video is in Italian, so um, might not be for everybody. But um, I don't know. I don't know. You know, God loves to use broken tools, so who knows? I mean, I became a Catholic. A proper full-on set of a probationist Catholic. I know that you don't guys don't know me personally, so you don't know how absurd <laughs> that sentence is. But if you'd have told anybody in 2010, even after other, you know, before I finished the, the the Sistema book, where I started to flirt with certain Christian concepts that I was going to become a hardcore Catholic, they would have laughed in your face. Honestly, that I don't think there's anyone I knew that would have ever guessed, you know, they would have said, man, if you become a Catholic, then the apocalypse is definitely coming. <laughs> because, you know, it's just... So who knows? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I, I, I hope well for the guy. I wish him well, but, you know... I find it difficult to, to like the guy because he's been a cowardly deceiver and a liar with his ass in butter and everything paid for for the last 50 plus years. You know, I find it difficult to, to have any kind of respect for people like that. So, but you know, who knows? God does act in mysterious ways. Man, Hugo says, once I figured out how to get to Italy, I will work on bringing more over. But whatever I learn, I will help others along the way. Well, to get here is not hard. To stay here and get all the permits to do so and live here and that. But if you've got some bloodline, I can work that to death, mate. Try and get yourself an Italian passport or something like that. Once you've got that, everything is a lot easier. You know, once you've got like a residence permit or an actual passport or whatever, it's that's the way to go. Push on that real hard. And... Don't quit, mate. You just gotta keep pushing. Everything in Italy, you gotta keep pushing. It's a Sisyphusian task of pushing the rock up the hill and then you push it back up the other side. You know, it's it, it's endless. Just accept it. That that's just what you gotta do. You know, it's like when, uh, when you're in a clinch and all you can do is just a little tap. And you, you're kind of holding the guy and he's holding you and all you can do is just a little tap with your wrist. You can't even... Get your arm behind the punch because you're so just got to keep tapping away. Because after you've done a thousand of them, you make a hole in his chest cavity. <laughs> you know, that's how it works. You just got to keep tapping away. So, all right. 
Wooly, uh, sorry, was late, but uh, we should maybe do another one. With I, the problem with Wooly Ram is that whenever I get talking with him, I go on for long ones, you know, not not short little ones. Like I, I meant to stay on here for 15 minutes. I've gone an hour over my 15 minutes. But you guys are worth it. You get it out of me. Okay, I am gonna say good night now. God bless every one of you, and um, if you're gonna become part of the Kurganet, that's even great that's that's good that's awesome i i really hope that that actually happens and that um, we grow like that mushroom that will upset all the elite eventually good night to every one of you and uh, god bless you and keep you and protect you